Good afternoon, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. I know, it's been a very long time. Uh, I don't remember the last time I submitted an episode. It's been a while. How are you guys doing? Yeah. Um, I did my first painting gig uh, for a good friend of mine at his wedding. Um, congratulations to Charles and Carolyn. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for thinking of me and um, including me in your wedding. It was beautiful. It was lovely. And I'm very, very happy that I got to be a part of it. I've also seen some old acquaintances from like my old church, which was very interesting. Um, Most of them were very happy to see me, which was kind of enlightening. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Because my pastor from my old church ended up marrying um, the couple. So um, I got to see my pastor. I got to see all the people, um, you know, that I used to be friends with in my old church. And they were all very nice and sweet. I actually, uh, (laughs) this is how awkward I am, okay? Um, you guys think I'm very awkward when I talk or try to read an article. This is how socially awkward I am. Like, in real life. Especially when I haven't seen somebody in such a long time and I don't know what they're thinking about me. (laughs) I approach my pastor and I'm like, Hey, how are you? And we, we just talk and everything. And then... Abruptly, I I want to get out of the conversation. It, it's not because I don't want to be there, because I don't know what else to say. I go, I'm going to be painting, and I'll be over there. <laughs> and then I just leave. I'm just like, I, this is going to be interesting. I'm going to have to... I'm gonna have to tell Terrence about this. (laughs) He's gonna be like, why did you do that? I don't know. I don't know, okay? (laughs) But my pastor has known me for so long. Like he's known me since I was in diapers. So he just smiled at me and (laughs) I just left. So I think he knows. I think he knows that I have some trouble talking to people in public so yes um so I was very happy um like even my pastor like he he was just so loving and um you know talked to me like oh are you gonna have babies yet and everything I'm like no not yet but um it was nice for um the people that you know I used to um it's not that I didn't like them um I don't know. It's just, it's weird when you leave an old environment and you encounter them again and you you think a certain way, like you expect them to think a certain way of you and they don't. It's kind of wonderful. And I, I needed that type of closure, so yeah. So yeah, things are starting to happen for me in, in life in general and I'm, I'm proud of myself very proud of myself um there's a whole lot more that's been going on and um but i'll uh take one i'll give you guys one story at a time so um but yes let's just get right into renegade times
next Tuesday at 7 p.m. I am going live with my brother Matt Collins to talk about his book, Kingdom Therapy. Now, it is a supernatural detox guide. It's basically how to how Christians should deal with trauma and how to use faith in order to deal with your traumatic uh uh, the traumatic events in your life. I do know that he's, you know, recommends prayer in order to alleviate your, uh, relieve your anxiety. And, um, so yes, we'll be talking about his book. You'll get to meet my brother and I am very, very excited. So Tuesday at seven, be there. also be another live with me and Mantis very soon. Um, it's just a heads up. We don't know the date yet. I still have to study more on the topic that we're going to be talking about. But as always, when me and Mantis get together, it's going to be lit. So just be there. Okay. So before I get into this article, it uh, this one's about uh, George Floyd's um, girlfriend or wife. Um, it says mother of George Floyd's daughter. Um, she wants to se- uh, sue Kanye West for $250 million um, because of something that he said. Um, <clears throat> but listen... I don't know about you, but I'm starting to like Kanye West. He's starting to speak out more, and he's starting to really call out the wolves. He's starting to call out the big bad wolves in the industry, and I absolutely love it. Um, And I really hope and pray that, you know, he stays alive long enough in order to say what he needs to say, all of it, because we all know what happens when the system decides to... Uh, shut somebody up. They shut them up for good. And same thing with, you know, uh, Candace Owens. I love her to death. She is a pistol. I just love whatever she says, whatever she, um, whoever she decides to come up against. I mean, you're already a sitting duck. You tried to challenge her. You're asking for it. I love it. But, um, he did start rocking White Lives Matter shirt. Uh, that's of his merch and Candace Owens is right there next to him I love it the only reason why I love it is because when all of this Black Lives Matter stuff happened I want to say this was around the death of George Floyd or it could have even been a little bit before um, I remember seeing a video a YouTube video it was a social experiment okay because everybody was saying Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matter Yes, we know they matter, okay? But this man in this video actually put a sign saying, All lives matter. And he was actually getting attacked by African American people. Like, okay, all lives matter. That includes African American lives. I, So, the fact that the Black Lives Matter movement decided to reject the all lives matter counter movement y'all just asked for us to go ahead and say white lives matter yeah we're gonna piss you off more because guess what 
All Lives Matter was all-inclusive. And you want to basically reject that. We're gonna come back stronger. Doesn't matter whether you're white, black, gay, straight, whatever. Okay? I find labels the most stupidest thing in the whole entire world. Okay? You know what? We're gonna rant before I get into this article. Okay? I really didn't think I was gonna do this. I'm gonna shut my window because I know people might be listening. So, let's talk about this. Fighting about race. Fighting about the color of your damn skin. Okay? Fighting about all the things that you want to include in your life. Whether, yeah, people think, oh, I think I'm transgender. I think I'm gay. I think I'm bi. And all this other shit. Everybody wants to be branded by something nowadays. Everybody wants to be branded. You want to be labeled, okay? I think fighting over race and the history behind race and fueling your hatred is the stupidest most smallest the smallest fucking thing that you need to be worried about seriously because guess what okay if y'all didn't know i'm white as a sheet, okay? I'm white as the white walls in my apartment, okay? I'm pale as hell, okay? I never really had the, what is it? The unfortunate opportunity to be ashamed of my race because I don't see myself as a white woman. I see myself as a soul wrapped up in a white shell, all right? I have the ability to see past what people look like. I'm sorry if that offends people. I'm actually not sorry because I know that people take a lot of pride with the color of their skin. And if, if, if you want to take pride in the color of your skin, go ahead. You can be proud to be African American, Hispanic, Irish white, okay? The thing is, is that this climate that we're in now is all about Black Lives Matter. And you all all know what I think about it. The Black Lives Matter movement does not matter to me. And yes, I know people will call me racist because I'm white and because I said that. Listen, I don't believe in joining any type of movement or group in order to feel like your voice matters. I don't. Being a part of the LGBTQ is not going to make you special. Being a part of Black Lives Matter is not going to make you special. You're just a roaring voice. You're one voice in a roaring crowd and no one can hear you. That's it. That's how I see it. But if You are one person and you are screaming at the top of your lungs. People are going to hear you because you're alone. Okay? If you are by yourself, part of like any group, whether that be Republican, Democrat, Independent, uh, Black Lives Matter, White Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, the LGBTQ, if you are a fucking individual, 
that is going to be noticed more than any type of damn group that people want to be included in because they want to feel special. Okay? Nowadays, people want to feel special. They want to feel unique and quirky. That's why there's so many people who want to fake, like, disabilities because it gets them attention. If they're for Black Lives Matter, then they're included in some sort of movement and it gets them high and they want to be liked. And it's like, I'm sorry. If you're not being true to yourself and you're not actually being true to your own values and your own views and everything, why the hell are you even trying to include yourself in things that don't really actually matter to you? I think race, especially race, and I know I kind of drifted, race is the stupidest thing to fight about. I'm white. I can't help that I'm white, okay? I'm not going to apologize that I'm white. I'm also not going to apologize for whatever family history I have, alright? Listen, I know this is going to sound harsh, but... I don't know my family history, okay? As far as I know, every single one of my ancestors were Irish. I'm Irish. I'm Irish, Belgian, and Welsh, okay? And mostly, I am Irish and Welsh, okay? Meaning that mostly Irish people back in the day were already poor. And by the time they got to America, they were persecuted. They were looked down upon. A lot of people in America would not give Irish people jobs because of the, the way they lived, the how many children they had, and also the color of their red hair most of the time. So, um... Everybody wants to cry out saying, I'm oppressed, I'm oppressed, because I'm African-American and white people like you have enslaved us for centuries. Well, a lot of people, including black businesses, back in the day, have discriminated against Irish people, so I guess I have that privilege as well to talk about that, right? Technically, I do have the privilege to cry and whine and moan about how my Irish ancestors were denied work because of the way that they looked. Racism doesn't just come in one color. People need to understand that. White people were enslaved in the Middle East as sex slaves. Alright? Don't get me started. Human trafficking is modern day slavery. That's something that we need to be talking about more than any type of color of skin or Black Lives Matter shit. Because guess what? Sex trafficking? 
don't care what color you are as long as you're gorgeous and you're young. They will take every man, woman, and child that looks appealing and sell you for the highest bidder. But no one cares, right? No one, no one cares about that. No one cares. No one talks about that. They want to talk about how one race has been so oppressed to the point where we had to make a group about it. And that group has incited violence against white people. Should I go on? Because I can. I can't stand when people do this. And you know what? This is just, this is conditioning. This is, this is how we are programmed as American citizens. Is that you take one thing, you take one incident, like George Floyd's death, you blow it out of proportion a million times over. I'm not saying that his death didn't mean anything. Of course it did. I am sorry for his death. I'm, you know, I am sympathetic. But I'm saying the press, the system will blow it up in order to create chaos. They want the American people to be divided. Black, white, Democrat, Republican, Patriot, liberal. And actually not being a part of it and not being a sheep and not buying into this bullshit that everybody has been talking about lately. About, oh, you should be sorry that you're white. Oh, you should apologize because I know just by looking at you that, you know, you're white and you had ancestors that were slaveholders. I'm not apologizing for shit. You want, a, you want an apology? Go ahead, look up my ancestry. I'll give you permission. And guess what? You can go ahead and dig up the graves of my ancestors and find an apology from them. Because I didn't do shit to you. I am done with this. I'm done. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm oppressed because I'm technically not. Okay? Have I been racially profiled by other African American, by African American people outside? Yes. Yes. If I don't right away say thank you for an African-American person opening the door for me, they get pissed off. You didn't even give me the chance to say thank you. You were just like, you're welcome. And that's just the small things. That's the small things. I've had people whisper behind me saying, oh, she's white privileged. Bitch, you don't know where the fuck I came from. My family was poor. We came from fucking poverty. We had insulation coming out of the trailer walls. Okay? Every time we flushed the toilet, toilet water would go right into the vents that would heat the house and it would stink like shit. We used hot dog buns, hamburger buns, as garlic bread and cinnamon toast. Okay? That's how I grew up. That was my childhood. That was my childhood. Okay? So don't tell me that I'm not... Don't tell me I'm privileged. Okay? Privilege comes from the elite. 
You want to call somebody privileged, you talk and you... Hmm. You go ahead and say that to Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, Joe Biden, and Obama. Because they're the ones looking down so high up on their pedestals, looking down and smiling at the chaos that they fucking created. So, no. I'm not going to apologize because, I no, I don't believe that I'm privileged. I don't believe I'm privileged. And I'm definitely not going to apologize for something that my bloodline may or may not have done. Because, guess what? If there was a generational curse of slavery or slaveholding in my bloodline, it stops with me. Because I made the choice. So you have no reason to look at a white person and say that you're racist just because they think differently than you. Race is the stupidest thing that we have all decided to fight over. You cannot choose the color of your skin. What was I supposed to do in the womb? Like, hey, mom, can you give me more toner? Like, dude, I'm white, okay? I can't help that. I'm not going to apologize for that. I don't expect any African-American to come up to me and say sorry that they're black. Why? That makes no sense to me. Because guess what? I mean, call me old-fashioned, call me, tell me that I talk like a Hallmark card, but I, I just, I believe that we're all one race, we're the human race. Even, even greater than that, we're just souls. We're just spirits. We're spirits swimming around in a body. That's it. And everybody is looking at each other, pointing fingers at each other, saying that you're racist because you're black, you're white, you're Hispanic, you're a patriot, you're a liberal. And it's like, why? Why are we fighting over this when there are bigger problems in the world than the color of your goddamn skin? Like I said, it is important to know your roots. I know a little bit of mine, like I said. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be proud of the color of your skin, but don't tell me that I'm racist just because I'm proud to be Irish. Or that I just happen to be white and I like to- I love that the fact that I'm fucking Irish. Like, hmm. Listen. Everybody has come from somewhere, okay? Guess what? There are white people in South Africa that have roots in South Africa. So they're technically South African, even though they're white. There are Irish black people, okay? They have a bloodline rooted in Ireland. Technically, that makes them Irish. There are white Egyptians that have a bloodline rooted in Egypt. That makes them Egyptian. There are dark-skinned 
people that have thick hair, thick ethnic hair, and blue eyes. There are people out there that have beautiful cocoa skin with thick black hair and gorgeous blue eyes. There's actually islands out there that have children that look like that, and it's gorgeous. I love that. There are people from the Caribbean, all right, that look African-American that actually aren't. I didn't mean to have this to be a huge lecture. It's just, if I don't say it, it's going to bother me for the rest of the day. Race can be beautiful if you accept it. Forget the fucking past. Okay? I remember hearing um, an interview with Morgan Freeman. And he said, The way to stop racism is to stop talking about it. Okay then. How about we stop talking about it? Because as far as I know, I treat everybody with respect as much as I can. I know I have a mouth on me. Trust me, I know. But I just want to say that race is stupid. Okay. I feel like the color of my skin should not be the conversation to have right now there's much more there's so much more that we could be talking about other than the color of your skin that's so simple that's so small that is so that it that's nothing compared to everything else you can't control the way you look get over it I have Oh, it's going to be a good day. I just got blessed with the presence of my little bird friend, my little sparrow friend, Hopper. Oh, and I got him on video, too. I've been wanting to do that for a while. He's on my Instagram now. He's going to be a star. (laughs) Okay, here's the article. Let's let's just read this all the way through. Uh, Mother of George Floyd's daughter announces 250 million lawsuit against Kanye West. The mother of George Floyd's daughter plans to sue Kanye West for 250 million following the rap and fashion mogul's alleged claim um, that Floyd's death in 2020 was caused by fentanyl overdose. Uh, her l- lawyers announced on Tuesday. So, uh, I think it was, wasn't it? It was. It was kind of both, to be honest. But anyway... Um, West made the claim after watching the Daily Wire's new documentary on Black Lives Matter. Roxy Washington said she is suing on behalf of herself and Gianna Floyd, the daughter she had with Floyd. West, who recently changed his name to Kanye, um, implied in an interview that 
uh, first aired uh, that the 46-year-old Floyd died from an overdose and not at the hands of Minneapolis officer Derek Chauvin, who was later convicted of murder. Uh, I watched the George Floyd documentary that Candace Owens put out, West said in the interview. One of the things that his two roommates said was they want a tall guy like me, and the day that he died, he said a prayer for eight minutes. Okay, They hit him with the fentanyl, West continued. Um... Uh, if you guys look, the guy's knee wasn't even on his neck like that. Yay insisted on uh, Chauvin. Okay. West was referring to The Greatest Lie Ever Sold, a documentary by Owens that explored Floyd's death, Chauvin's conviction, and the rise of Black Lives Matter. A protest group that tens of millions of dollars in the wake that raised tens of millions of dollars. Uh, in the wake of George Floyd's death, which all went to the Democratic Party. The lawsuit will accuse West of making the comments to promote his brands and increase marketing value and revenue for himself, his business, his business partners, and associates. Uh, the Witherspoon Law Group in Dixon... Or, group and Dixon and Dixon attorneys at law said in a statement while one cannot defame the dead the family of George Floyd is considering I'm sorry is considering a suit for Kanye's false statements about the manner of his death alright attorney Lee Merritt said Sunday claiming George Floyd died from fentanyl, and the brutality uh, established criminally and civilly um, undermines and diminishes the Floyd family's right. Didn't the family come out at one point during all the riots and raids and stuff like that, that they didn't even want this violence to be incited in the name of George Floyd? I mean, Kanye West isn't even being, like, violent, but it's, I don't know, it just seems a little hypocritical to me, to be honest. The law firm sent West a cease and desist letter Tuesday saying, um, he has maliciously made statements that are inaccurate and unfounded, uh, causing damage to Mr. Floyd's, um, estate and family. Okay. George Floyd's daughter is being re-traumatized by Kanye West's comments, um, and he's creating an unsafe, unhealthy environment, <laughs> unhealthy environment for her. Witherspoon said in a statement, "I'm sorry. Uh, this is the real world. I, I know that she went through a lot, but nobody, not everybody's gonna care about her trauma. I'm not saying that to be you know, like being a bitch. I'm not trying to be a bitch. I'm just saying that." The whole thing about uh, creating a, an unsafe and unhealthy environment for her. I understand that her father died. I'm not trying to be insensitive about that. That that just that one sentence reminds me of the woke shit that people are trying to peddle, saying I'm triggered. I'm this. I'm that. 
forgive me for the way I think, though, because I know she's probably being re-traumatized. I'm just saying, it's the real world. Not everybody's gonna, you know... I don't know. I don't know how to say this, so I'm just gonna end it. So I'm a big fan of Van Gogh, so I kind of take this personally when those two hoodlums decided to throw tomato soup at uh, the sunflower painting that Van Gogh made for a friend. So yeah, a pair of vandals threw tomato soup on one of the world's most celebrated masterpieces at an art museum in London on Friday in a bizarre protest against fossil fuels. Why? Why there, of all places? You know, you could have done that, like, at an oil rig, if you really wanted to. You could have done that somewhere else where it was actually relatable to your cause. Van Gogh's iconic sunflowers, valued at nearly 85 million, was undamaged in the attack at London's National uh, Gallery in Trafalgar Square, thanks to the glass covering. Yeah, there was a thin layer of glass in between the frame and the canvas, which was very smart um, for the museum to, to actually do that. That was amazing. Um, let's see. But the shocking display left the museum goers gasping and calling for security. Are you more concerned about the protection of a painting? Or the protection of our planet and people. So, yeah, she's one of those, um, save-the-earth hippies. Anyway, one of the suspects asked as, uh, shocked spectators, you know, gathered at the scene. So, yeah. They also, uh, glued, super glued their hands to the wall underneath the painting, um... That way, so they wouldn't be moved. But I mean, good luck getting that shit off your skin, cause that shit hurts. Uh, the two suspects, identified uh, by activist group Just Stop Oil as Anna Holland, 20, and 21-year-old Phoebe Plummer, so they're still very young. They're just out of like their teenhood. They just started being adults, which means to me that they're kind of like adult children right now. And you know how children are, they misplace their passion. They're able to be passionate about a cause, which is fine. But seeing how young they are, they've misplaced their passion because of the angst that is still left over from their teenhood. <laughs> And the reason why I say that they misplaced their passion is because they could have done this in a more relatable um, area where it would actually make more sense to be protesting at a uh, fossil fuel plant other than a museum with a Van Gogh painting. Um, so I understand their passion. It was just misplaced. So... And they're young. They're going to learn, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, let's see. 
They glued their hands to the museum wall after uh, dowsing the painting with two cans of Heinz tomato soup at around 11 a.m. local time. Uh, London police officers arrested them for criminal damage and aggravated trespassing. A video posted on Twitter, Twitter by the Guardian newspaper's environment correspondent Damien Gale and retweeted by the eco-activism group showed the incident uh, with the two young protesters gluing themselves to the wall, hurling the soup. So this is like, I also found out that this isn't the first time that they've done this at a museum. They've also glued their hands to a painting, one of those massive paintings. And they just decided to protest there as well. Um, I don't remember what painting it was, but they, they do this a lot at the museum. Um, so I'm pretty sure most of the pollution comes from the burning oil rather than a painting with it. Daily Wire host Michael Knowles uh, quipped in a tweet. So, Just Stop Oil members in July glued their hands to a copy of Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper, that's what it was, at the museum in London in June. Uh, members glued themselves to another Van Gogh painting, Peach Trees Blossom, at um, London's Courtauld uh, uh, Gallery. So, and in May, a crossed a cross-dressing climate act. What? I'm sorry. I have to reread that again. And in May, a cross-dressing climate change activist threw cake at the Mona Lisa. I remember seeing that as well. So everybody wants to, de to deface paintings because they can't paint. I mean, listen, I'm a painter. Practice, okay? Don't get pissed off and throw stupid shit. Come on. Van Gogh painted sunflowers in 1888, and it was most famous, or it is the most famous of a series of still lives of the flowers that he painted while living in Arles, France. The troubled artist, who famously lopped off his ear after having his heart broken, died just two years later when he shot himself in the chest at age 37. Yeah, that poor man was tortured. And you're gonna still torture him, even beyond the grave now, because you just- Y'all are fools. I'm sorry. Good, the, why pick a fight with a painting when you can pick a fight with people who actually relate to your damn cause? Go to an oil rig. Go to a fossil fuels plant. Okay? <laughs> Not a painting. Like, this is stupid. Okay, this is this is just in by the Daily Wire, so hopefully I can read it all. It looks like I can. So Trump is subpoenaed by January 6th committee, so let's see. The US House committee uh, investigating the January 6th, 2021 riot at the US Capitol formally issued a subpoena to former President Donald Trump on Friday. Um, as demonstrated in our hearings, we have assembled overwhelming evidence, including from dozens of your former appointees and staff, that you personally orchestrated and oversaw a multi-part effort to overturn the 2020 presidential election um, 
and to obstruct the peaceful transition of power, the letter to Trump states. This is what I don't understand, is that the Democrats can go ahead and try to subpoena, or they have, they, they go ahead and subpoena, you know, Trump uh, for the 2021, you know, thing that happened at the Capitol, right? The only thing that he basically said was just to... He was showing love to the Patriot Party. He wasn't actually trying to encourage it. He was like, listen, I love you guys. That's it. That's basically what it was about. But it's okay for Democrats to deface. Like, people who are liberal and Black Lives Matter, that's okay to to deface government property as long as they're Democrat, right? I don't see anybody from the joy the wow George Floyd riots or the Black Lives Matter riots or anybody that has defaced uh, any type of government property that um, had no one's getting punished on the Democratic side. You do realize. That in Tennessee, when that van blew up, it was right next to the place where they were counting ballots. You want to, you want to say that Trump was sabotaging the election? That's exactly what you guys did. The Democrats were so afraid that Trump was going to be reelected that they had to do a terror attack on their own fucking soil. But. That's okay. I mean, because apparently the Democrats know everything and they're the angels and they're pointing right at us. The demons are calling the angels demons. It's fucking awesome. So fucking backwards. Have we just gone through the looking glass? Have we just like fell down the rabbit hole? I feel like we have. Because everything's backwards. I mean, don't get me wrong, I know that Republicans have their bad shit too, but not as much as Democrats. Purposefully and maliciously uh, disseminating false allegations of fraud related to the 2020 election in order to aid your effort to overturn the election for purposes of soliciting contributions. Attempting to corrupt a Department of Justice, including uh, by soliciting and enlisting department offices to make false statements and aid your effort to overturn the presidential election. What the fuck? Without any evidentiary basis, illegal pressuring state officials and legislatures to change the results of the election... I'm sorry, who did that? I think y'all did, stupid. Orchestrating and overseeing an effort to obtain and transmit false electoral certificates to Congress and the National Archives. No, y'all use dead people names on the ballots to vote for Biden. Y'all did that. Despite knowing specifically that it was illegal, corruptly pressuring your own vice president to unilaterally un, un refuse to count electoral votes during 
uh, Congress's joint session on January 6th. Pence is a little bitch anyways. He betrayed Trump. Pressuring members of Congress to object the valid states of electors from several states. Filling false information under oath in federal court. Summoning tens of thousands of uh, supporters to Washington and knowing they were angry and some were armed. Sending them to the Capitol. I'm sorry, I have an, I have an article. Okay, I have an excerpt from the Constitution that actually says that if the government is so unjust and so totalitarian that the people can uprise and overtake the government, they were actually expressing and exercising their own constitutional right. They had every single right to do that. They had the right to do that. Whether it was Democrat or Republican, they had every right to do that. I'm so glad it was fucking Patriots. I'm so proud of everybody. That's my political family. My God. I am so proud of what they did. I'm not sad. I'm not upset. I'm not remorseful. I wish I was there. Sending a social media message to the nation at 2.24 p.m. while knowing full well that the violent attack on the Capitol was occurring in which you incited further violence by pu publicly condemning your vice president. His vice president basically threw him under the bus. I'm sorry if Trump doesn't have a fucking filter. The man doesn't need a filter. We need more men like Trump who don't have a fucking filter. <sighs> Refusing for hours to disband your rioting supporters by instructing them to by instructing them to leave the Capitol while you watch the attack unfold on television. Listen. I'm sorry. He was exercising his right. Right? Because, like I said, it is in the Constitution. Y'all woke folk, alright, need to really read the Constitution because it's actually in there. It really is. Okay, let me correct myself before we start reading. It's the Declaration of Independence, not the Constitution. <laughs> anyway, it says... That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles, and organizing its powers in such form, as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness we are allowed as a people as american people to let the government know no matter how crazy it looks that we are not happy with the people in power that we are not happy with what's going on the people that stormed the Capitol on that day were so unhappy with the government, they were actually willing to abolish it. 
I'm gonna read further because there's so much more here. Um, Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for a light and transient causes. Um, and accordingly will experience um, hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable um, than to right themselves by abolishing forms to which they are accustomed. Um, but when a long train of abuses of and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object um, evinces a design to reduce them under the absolute despotism. It is their right and it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards of their future security. The people that stormed the capital were actually expressing and exercising their right to overthrow a totalitarian government. I know that Trump was elected and he was in office at the time. The whole reason why they decided to storm the Capitol is because they knew that the House and Congress and everywhere else was so freaking infested with demon craps, okay? Democrats, demoshits, whoever, whatever you want to call them, democratic elite snobs that wanted him to get out of office as soon as possible. And they were going to do anything that they could to do it, and they did. It is time for a break. Take a shit. Uh, eat. <laughs> Drink something. I don't know. Just take a break. Because I'm about to. You know? You deserve one too. Let's go on to some entertaining stuff that I find interesting, and hopefully you do too. So, yeah, this middle section <laughs> is, like, my time to, like, play and find out, like, some new stuff. I like to learn, so um, we might learn more about psychology, because I love psychology. We might learn a lot more about art, whatever. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Let's just, let's just go. So apparently mix is kind of bland today, but I did find one that was at least plausible, at least pretty good. So, 35 stories of the worst things uh, guests have done, as told by users of this online community. So, let's see. Everyone has a story from their childhood that still pisses them off. This is mine. I was five years old and... Uh, my snotty older cousin was over at our house and I just got a copy of Mike Tyson's punch um, out for my birthday. Um, he was getting his ass kicked by uh, King Hippo <laughs> and he got so angry um, he rage quit. The cartridge out 
of the Nintendo and spit into it. Like, what a dick. Then he threw it across the room and stormed out. <laughs> I told my parents what happened and they told his parents and they made him apologize, but the game was ruined. Um, it would, uh, kind of play, but would freeze up all the time. My family barely had enough money to get me the game for my birthday, never mind buying it again. I was sure I would never be able to play it again. Uh, then for Christmas, this little shit got Mike Tyson's punch out, so my older brother went out, or went over to his house and switched our ruined cartridge with his. It was awesome. <laughs> yes! I love that story. I mean, that was a good revenge story. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Number two is, my in-laws hated me. We invited them over to Thanksgiving dinner. Upon arrival, they asked me to leave and come back a few hours later because they wanted to follow their tradition of preparing the meal alone as a family. They are now my ex-in-laws. Well, yeah, damn. Like, your your husband or your, your, your partner was not standing up for you during that time either? What a dick. Number three, some asshole thought it would be funny to pour vodka in my aquatic turtle tank. Pongo is okay. Um, the dude isn't. Of course not. That's terrible. What the fuck? Who does that? <laughs> Number four. Oh, a kitty. I had to, uh, or I had just moved into a new house. I invited uh, my one friend over for celebratory drinks. Um, cause hey, I just got a house. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good way to celebrate. Like, that's that's monumental. <laughs> um, things were going great. We were tipsy and having fun. My boyfriend was coming home, so I made her a bed on the pull-out couch. Boyfriend came home, and we all went to bed. Around 2 a.m., he heard rustling around. Or, yeah, he heard rustling around. Um, he thought nothing of it. He just assumed she was drunk and played with the cats. Um, I woke up around 4 a.m., got a bad feeling, and woke up my boyfriend. We went upstairs and noticed that the bed hadn't even been touched, pillows and blankets still folded. I turned the lights on and noticed that the front door was open and all the cats were gone. What the f- What? <laughs> Furthermore, into looking around, I noticed his wallet- um, was open and over a hundred dollars in money had been taken out. Our change bowl was empty and his Xbox and brand new white Elite Xbox controller was gone. <laughs> as well as my laptop. Uh, she stole his medicinal marijuana and broke, and broke glasses. I called her freaking out and she said, I left the house. I didn't want to hear you guys having sex, which we never had. And they... She let my cat out to run away because she didn't like cats. She then proceeded to say that my partner was a piece of shit who was cheating on me. She had never met him until that night. Uh, we called the cops. She denied stealing anything. I messaged her fiance saying that she had saying what she had done and what she had stolen. She messaged me text screenshots of her asking how much uh, she could 
get for this Xbox and Xbox Elite controller, thus proving she did steal it, sent all these screenshots to the cops and they went to her house a couple of times, eventually uh, found her hiding there, not answering the door on purpose. She got charged with petty theft and they found the committed fraud against her fiancé and her dad. What the fuck? It was a shit show. But was the cat okay? Were you able to get the kitty back? That's the that's the one thing that I need to know. Did the cat come back? I'm coming! I'm coming! Hi, honey! Meh. Okay. Let's see here. Number five. A Christian missionary and his wife were invited to our home as a guest of my partner. He'd known them in grade school. The husband kicked my dog when he was scared of the fireworks, so he barked during the story he was telling about being in Africa and helping kids. What a juxtaposition of morals. He, We immediately told him to leave, and they acted very confused about it. Like, that's very ungodly. Don't be kicking dogs. Okay? That's terrible. <laughs> Number six. I'm pissed just typing this, even though it has been years. Some of my wife's family came to visit. Um, the idea was that on their way to the Smoky Mountains, they would stop and visit with us for a day or two since... We seldom see each other and our house is on the way. Turns out that was total BS. They just wanted uh, to use our house as a free hotel, which to a, a degree is fine. I don't mind lending a room to a family member, but they were not even remotely cool about it. First, they called and asked if we could have something for them to eat because it was going to be late when they arrived and had no time to stop. So I decided I would make a lasagna since I'm kind of known for that in the family. So I spent like $60 on several hours or and several hours to make two big pans of lasagna since it would have to feed several people. They showed up with Chick-fil-A bags and <laughs> said they had already eaten. What the that's terrible. So unappreciative. Chick-fil-A is good, but so is lasagna. Like, which one would you pick? Chick-fil-A or lasagna? I don't know. It depends on the, like, it depends on the lasagna you came from. Like, my lasagna last night. <laughs> the lasagna. <laughs> the lasagna was great. You notice that, you know what, but you know what's yeah, no red sauce. That was incredible. It was. Like, it was. I like how she made them into like rolls instead of just like one big flat and thing. Oh yeah, it was great. I ate two of those big boys, man. Yeah, I know. I needed. I need to learn how to cook lasagna now. Yep. I mastered chicken. Now it's time to do lasagna. Yeah, no, the red sauce can be scrapped for both of our sensitive tummies, man. Oh, 
loved that. Man, I, I kind of wish we should have we should have taken some home. <laughs> okay. Babe, I'm recording. <laughs> I'll I'll edit it out. It's fine. <laughs> Okay, then they went immediately to their rooms upstairs, not to sleep, but to watch TV. TV's in the bedroom, uh, without hardly saying uh, a thing to us besides, hi, how's it going? Then in the middle of the night, one of them got a cold, or got cold and turned the thermostat up to 77 degrees, which means the heater ran nonstop <laughs> for hours and hours, and we woke up damn near in a sweat. Um, they woke up, yeah, when they woke up, they asked if I normally cook breakfast. I said no, uh, not on weekends because I have to go to work. They gave dejected looks, uh, so I was like, fine, I can make breakfast. I would, okay, would you guys like waffles or eggs? They said eggs, and I made a shit ton of eggs and bacon and left it for them because I had to go to work. He's trying to be a nice, like, you know, son-in-law. That's all. <laughs> when I got home, they hadn't even touched the food I made. The kitchen was an absolute disaster because they decided they wanted waffles instead and helped themselves without even asking, dirtying my every damn dish in the house and ruining my waffle iron because... They left it on until it auto-shot off. Uh, by then, it had burned the batter until it was fused to the thing, and the whole house reeked of burnt waffles for two days. They also clearly scratched my wow, scratched my wife's car as they left because it was in the driveway, and coincidentally had a huge scratch where the maroon paint had rubbed off. And guess what color their van was? I asked them about it, and they said they had no idea how it got there. Your yeah, no, your wife's family has something against you. <laughs> Either that, or they're just—they have a spirit of chaos in 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 their family. Is this just that? That's terrible. Anyway, number seven. <laughs> My grandpa was visiting us for a day and I was ill. Had a fever and also uh, I was in bed resting. After we all ate lunch, I crawled back into my bed. Five minutes later, uh, he came into my room, kicked me out of my bed and started to have a nap. What? My mom came to my room to check on me. A few minutes later, she found me laying on the floor next to the bed and kicked him out of my bed. Uh, told him to leave. I was like 10 years old then. Edit. Never thought I'd get this much response. Someone mentioned about dominance, and yes, you're exactly right. My grandpa is useless, but believes men runs the world. My grandma only had two daughters, and he was pissed. <laughs> oh my god. No, that's just... That's just God saying, you need to humble yourself, sir. 
Um, the eldest sibling is always the best, but my mom, the youngest, being brighter than the eldest, pissed him off. Um, then my mom had me, a daughter, and my little brother. He was pissed with ev with my arrival, but ecstatic with my brother. Um, he tried to control my brother, but he couldn't because he was growing old and my parents and grandma interfered with it constantly. I was weaker than him, so I was an easy target for him. He did do, or he did so much more than taking my bed and he tried to run me over with his car. But that's another story for another time. Oh, damn. A couple of people asked about this, the car story, so here I go. My grandpa was driving and sped up, braked in front of me in a mall parking lot as a joke. I feel like my parents have done that too. Or at least my... Just to scare the crap out of me. Is that just a 90s baby thing? Like, has, has your parents or anybody done that to you, babe? Damn. I had a fucked up childhood. <laughs> One day he took me shopping and it was extremely boring for me because he only stopped uh, for himself and he made me carry everything he bought. Uh, once we got back to his car, he had me put everything away in the trunk and as soon as I closed the trunk, he drove off. What the fuck? I was confused, I didn't know what to do, so I just stood there lost, but he came back a few minutes later laughing and saying, you didn't really think I'd leave you, did you? That sounds like a papaw thing, though. That sounds like him, like papaws tease sometimes. I mean, sometimes it could be cruel, depending on how sensitive the kid is, and I'm not saying this person is, like, lying. Because I don't think they are. But I was upset but happy he came back. So I reached for the door. And I missed because he moved the car forward. Oh my god. This is exactly what my mom does sometimes. It pisses me off. Um, he did that a few more times. And drove away again. What the fuck. <laughs> I was crying at this point. Then I spotted something on the ground. It was my angel. Polly Pocket. Okay. Uh, I... <laughs> I must have dropped it while I was ch chasing the car. I started to walk toward it, and I saw him coming this way. Next moment, my butt was on the ground, and the car stopped right in front of me with a loud screech. He sped up and braked to scare me. Uh, I sure was scared, all right. I thought he was going to run me over. I was crying uncontrollably. He told me to shut up and get in. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> Um, as we were leaving the parking lot, he said, you're no fun. It was just a joke. I sure had fun. <laughs> My grandpa's an ass. <laughs> Number eight. This is about an undisciplined kid. I hate those. My mom uh, attempted to hold piano classes um, in our house. And there was this one time when a mom and her young, like, seven-year-old daughter came for an inquiry. All the time, the mum and my mum <laughs> were standing and talking. The daughter was walking around, touching everything, opening all the containers, looking in, uh, playing with things, and 
Uh, the mom acted like she didn't see a thing. The daughter opened the container above our piano and pulled uh, out sheets of stickers. My stick, my stickers. Oh, you're territorial. <laughs> um, she really liked them and turned around to ask mom, "Mom, can I take these?" To which the mom replied, "Yeah, sure," as if it was theirs. Okay. I can understand a seven-year-old child wanting to get into everything. That's just how they are. They explore. But having a child so entitled to be at somebody's house and ask their mom to have something of a different person's belongings, now that's just, that's just shitty parenting. Um, to which the mom replied, yeah, okay. My mom didn't say much and as shy as I was, I didn't say anything either. Over a decade later, I am still angry about the incident. That fucking girl just went ahead and took my stickers. Yo, you need to get over that. <laughs> Please, that's just petty. Number nine. My cousin's boyfriend walked over to my aunt farm and shook it. I was seven and devastated. Dang. Uh... Yeah, shook the ant farm. Wanted to kill the ants. Number 10. Wasn't home when I when this happened, but some family friend I've never met and their kid comes over one afternoon. Kid gets bored and decided uh, it's great to disassemble every Lego build I've kept over the 10 years. Almost everything was built from imagination, so no instructions to rebuild again. I was devastated when I got home seeing Lego pieces spread across the entire floor of my- Yeah, I would be pissed too. Like that- that's mean. <laughs> Damn. Who- who just let them do that? My god. Mm -mm. Number 11. Had some relatives over and despite very, very clear instructions to not flush feminine products down the toilet, they did anyways. Destroyed our septic field. Almost uh, 10 grand in damages overall. Then when confronted, they just denied it despite the fact that the 32 pads that were pulled out of the system matches the brand that they had while they were over. Now that was a vendetta that you... Mm-mm. <laughs> they hated you. Number 12. They broke our one TV and didn't pay for a replacement. My family has always been dirt poor and my mom busted her ass to buy that shitty tube TV too. Damn. Number 13. Uh-oh. Dyed her hair red in our bathroom sink, staining the brand new granite countertop. Then dripped onto the tile floor, uh, then dripped onto the hardwood floor in the hallway, and ultimately slept in our guest bed with wet, freshly dyed red hair, staining the sheets and pillowcase. I've dyed my hair red, and I know how shitty that is. Like, you, it's hard. It's almost impossible to get red hair dye out of anything. I can understand your your anger. Number 14. Had a friend over and they were eating some of my mom's chili 
He took one bite, pushed the bowl away, and said very loudly at the dinner table, This is not good. Do you have anything else for me to eat? Needless to say, we weren't friends after that. No one insults my mom's chili. <laughs> no one insults my mom's chili. <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of a dick move, though. You could have just said, like, Oh, that's not for me. <laughs> Number 15, a friend of my dad lost his house, and we had a former B&B, &B, so we invited him to stay with us. We housed and fed him for weeks while he found another place. For that, we got roaches, criticisms of our food. Uh, my dad was the executive chef at the freaking country club and was uh, a damned fine cook, but... That wasn't the worst for me. Um, then in my late teens, uh, the day they left, I went to play my favorite game on PlayStation, Sledstorm. Couldn't find it. Overturned freaking everything, but I couldn't find it. In searching, I noticed something even worse. My SNES, all games, and half of my Nintendo 64 games were all missing in addition to Sledstorm. They all had uh, stayed with us as a favor and stolen half of my shit uh, that I had paid for with birthday money saved up for years. Fuck those people. <laughs> That's terrible. Number 16. She threatened to kick my precious little kitten because she's not a cat person. Well, guess what? If you're not a cat person, I'm not a people person. I'm gonna kick you. Number 17. My husband uh, let a former co-worker uh, crash on the couch because he had been uh, drinking and we couldn't... and we didn't want him to drive. Woke up the next morning and he had stolen our computer, a cell phone, a little bit of cash, and our cigarettes. Turned out uh, he had a drug problem he got our computer back. Or we got our computer back. Had a drunk friend puke on my son's bedroom floor. He thought it was the bathroom. My son wasn't home, thank goodness. And a different drunk friend peed all over my bathroom floor, which I discovered by walking into the bathroom the next morning. Wearing socks. Uh. Oh, no! <laughs> God, no. I need to stop letting drunk people stay over. Yeah, that's your problem. That you did that to yourself. <laughs> Number 18. My roommate and I used to make dinner for friends every Monday. Uh, everyone knew I never spread the word. Huh? Oh, everyone knew and I never spread the word. Okay, a bunch of random people would just show up each week. Um, one guy... Never missed it, even though I didn't actually know him that well. Just tangically through the co-workers. I, I have to scratch my nose. Excuse me. And didn't really like him uh, much, to be honest. One night, he got there very late and helped himself to the food, which uh, was pasta that night. Cooked it. Or cooked al dente, uh, 
As soon as he tried it, he started bitching. This is the most undercooked pasta I've ever had. It tastes terrible. Someone needs to show you how to cook pasta, etc. I just took it without saying anything, thinking to myself, sorry, it's not my fault. Your mom has never cooked your, you macaroni in your life. Uh, but after my, after that motivation for doing the weekly dinners died and I stopped personally, I would never say anything bad about someone's cooking as a guest at their own house, uh, even if it was terrible. Yeah. Number 19. <sighs> not sure if this would be considered rude, but for sure, not a good thing to do. I had two Australian kids staying at my house for the baseball tournament one time. One of them was a chronic bedwetter, but never told us. Oh my god. The mom should have filled you in. Seriously. Um, he stayed for five nights and peed the bed each night uh, without telling us. Instead, each night he pushed whatever he peed on to the end of the bed. First night, the sheets second... Uh, the actual mattress protector to stop any pee from getting into it. Um, it was a bunk bed. My brothers and I slept on as children. And lastly, he peed directly on the mattress for three nights. Ruined the mattress and we had no idea um, until he left. The real kicker though was when... <laughs> He took a nap on our new couch, he peed all over it, then fled the scene, and he as we assumed the dog had done it until we saw uh, the bed, that is. I think that something that is something that you should tell people who open their home to you so they can prepare. And please, don't sleep on the couch if you know you got a problem also. Not trying to shame anyone for this kind of stuff. I feel like it's more common than most people realize, and I honestly just feel bad for him. Just wish he could have been honest with us, so we have, so we could have helped him about helped him out a bit more. Yeah. How old was he though? Um. Number 20. The uncle tried to fix our computer. It wasn't- it wasn't broken. <laughs> then he broke it. Um, did the same to our perfectly working dishwasher. Then he denied everything. <laughs> Number 21. Uh, stole my dad's methadone for chronic pain. Why? Are you a meth head? My dad was hospitalized until... His script was refilled. It was an older friend that I thought, okay, uh, was cool. Luckily, um, his ass got arrested. I, I felt so guilty. Um, yeah, that's terrible. Number 22. Puked in our washing machine and didn't tell anyone. Found it a couple days later. And... <laughs> We went to do, when we went to do laundry. That's disgusting. Just going over there and finding that the, the the puke is all crusty and shit at the bottom. That's awful. 
Okay. Number 23. My wife's sister was traveling through the area where we live in, cro- in a cross-country trip. My wife hadn't seen her in 10 years and hadn't seen her since. It, And this was like 8 years. Okay. Uh, she gets a hotel a few miles from our house, updates her Facebook, and doesn't call. Um, my wife has to basically guilt her into meeting us, however, or somewhere, um, or stopping by. Uh, she decided to stop by, and she brought her tiny, loud dog with her. It pissed and shit all over the house while we briefly visited, uh, well, yeah, okay. Less than an hour, she, uh, didn't offer to help clean up. I've been married to my wife for 15 years, and it remains uh, the only time I've ever met that sister. Seems like a decent trade. <laughs> wow. Number 24. Sat at the at my kitchen table. The okay. This person sat at my kitchen table saying racist things about black football players and never invited them back. Yeah, I should say so. <laughs> Number 25. Happened, uh, to... Happened to me in third grade. My mom's friend's son stole my holographic hockey cards. I didn't even notice until the next day I saw him on the bus showing the cards he stole from me to his friends. See, that was a dumbass move. If you really want to get away with stealing something, you hide it, dude. I cannot tell you how many times my classmates have decided to steal something from me and they, they, they just showed it off on the bus. I'm just like, dude, you're dick. <laughs> you're terrible. Uh, since everyone is asking, I did get my cards back along with a pretty nice bouncy ball. <laughs> um, I'll post pictures of the cards after work. Okay, these are... Okay, whatever. I don't really care about... Posting a picture. I just want to finish the story. I also remembered another story that happened a year ago at my parents' house warming party. One of the guests asked for uh, asked if the flooring was real hardwood or a laminate, then proceeded to test it out by taking out their key and scratching the floor. It was hardwood, and it left a scratch. Who the fuck does this such a thing? I feel sorry for that, that person. Oh my god. Mm. Alright. Number 26. One of my best mates came to spend the night, so my folks decided to splash, to splash and get, to splurge and get Chinese takeout for uh, everyone. It says splash, so I know it's either Australian slang or English slang, but, um, I come from a family of seven, so uh, he made eight. We got five to six dishes and two big tubs of fried rice. My mate helped himself to the entire first tub, and then confront and when confronted about it by me, uh, helpfully pointed out that there was still another tub for the seven of us. What a dick. You're just gonna take the whole tub. Okay, sir. Number 27. Oh, Beanie Babies. I used to collect those when I was a kid. 
but I always hated the pesky tags and I just devalued them by tearing them off. I, I also had one of those Irish bears too. Aww. Anyway, uh, one of my friends in kindergarten wanted a beanie baby and uh, I had and when I told her she couldn't have it, she flushed it down the toilet. Um, then when the toilet started overflowing, my mom came in, she started crying and said I did it. We did not stay friends. That is that is a classic childhood Jezebel in making. That's terrible. Number 28. While my husband and I were gone at work, my mother-in-law took it upon herself to clean our house and organize our things twice. Uh, yeah, she's only allowed in the house on an invitation-only basis now. My mother-in-law is really super kind and a generous lady. I forgave her and and harbor no ill will towards her for doing this in the past. She has worked really hard to respect our boundaries and privacy since uh, this all happened a few years ago. As far as the organized thing, that wasn't meant to imply she stole from us. Um, she just moved our stuff around so we couldn't find anything for a few weeks. Number 29. Stole medicine out of the bathroom uh, after eating my food and smoking all of my cigarettes that were on the table. I know they stole the medicine because of the blood-curdling scream that came out of the bathroom because the medicine they ingested was the pills from a UTI. They... <laughs> they were... <laughs> They, they're, <laughs> wow. They numb your bits, but make you piss bright red. <laughs> Dumbass thought he was dying. I didn't even invite him. He was a roommate's guest. <laughs> that was my favorite. Okay, number 30. <sighs> Looks like I'm gonna, I'm, Looks like I came late to the party. I have a perfect one. My old roommate needed to or needed a place to crash as he'd gotten kicked out of his new apartment and I helped him get or that I helped him get as a reference. Okay, my wife and I are both very good friends with him and I had already left for work and he was asleep on the couch downstairs. My wife comes down um, about an hour later and startles him. He's asleep naked on our couch. Oh my god. He's He gets up, realized he's naked, and then grabs a blanket to cover up. We had a talk uh, where my wife and I both explained that you can't sleep naked in our friend's, or on your friend's couch, where he tried to tell us that we were being ridiculous because the sheet was a good enough barrier to keep his naked body from touching the couch. Then two weeks after he leaves, my wife started noticing bites on her legs, bed bugs. Oh no. Oh no. No. You are not my friend no more. No. No. Oh no. That's, that's a nightmare. Uh, he gave us motherfucking bed bugs. It took months to get rid of. I know. I know. My wife cried almost daily 
There for a little while, she was so stressed. Oh, God. Yeah, no, it, it, it's torture. Uh, we ended up getting all new living room furniture because of it. Now, we love the guy. Um, he's dopey at times, and he, and we knew, or we knew that going in. We just didn't realize how painful of a situation this would have caused. Um, that said, he paid, um, exterminator's fees over the counter, or over the course of six months, and he, um, genuinely felt horrible, so he's not a bad guy, just dumb sometimes. <laughs> God, that's terrible. No, you're not my friend no more, dude. How do you not notice that? Number 31. Okay. Um, this may not get read, but whatever. It meant a lot to me at the time. I was a pr pretty recent college student who at the time was willing to give people a chance. Still do, but less trusting now. I had this one roommate who was just a massive narcissist and borderline psychopath. Really? Purposefully manipulated people, um, tried to toy with their emotions to get a rise out of them, the whole thing. And the only reason I put up with him uh, was uh, my other roommate who was a great friend. Um, Mr. Ponytail Narcissist. Oh my god. Is this... Is this, uh, is this silver from Cobra Kai? <laughs> Yo! It's my little pony man! Why does every narcissist always either... They either got a bald spot, or they're, they got a, they got a freaking ponytail! <laughs> oh no... Okay, Mr. Ponytail Narcissist decides to bring his friends, plural, over for something he liked to call Getting Wednesdayed, which was a ritual where he shit- he- Okay, it was a ritual of getting shit-faced in the middle of the week. Uh, well, us pr productive members of college don't usually do this. I try to ignore it, per usual, and fall asleep. Um, the next morning I found out one of his, his, one of his extremely overweight and equally as shitty human friends, um, decides to try and fight everyone at the party for trying to call him, to calm him down because he's loud and it's a Wednesday. People are trying to sleep. Crazy concept, right? Well, I found out they finally restrain him and he goes to sleep on my futon that I love. <laughs> Uh, this giant tub of lard decided to open up his bowels all over my futon, piss and poop everywhere, <laughs> and I'm still bitter about it to this day. <laughs> Man, I might be pissed too, dude. That's terrible. <laughs> oh no. Ponytail man, get your my little pony friends and go away somewhere. Uh, number 32. A guy came in, and when no one else was looking, took a single bite of every single apple, um, in the counter basket. Now that is just a, just a special type of asshole, man. <laughs> number 33. Um, 
One time my younger guests went on my parents' iPad and bought around $70 to $80 worth of in-app transactions. They were young, but the response after getting caught was along the lines of the guests should be given nice things. What the hell? They were young, so maybe they didn't know better. Many people have asked some questions about the guest. They were five to six years old at the time. I don't remember if the family iPad, um, or no, sorry, the family paid the money back. However, um, I'm pretty sure the kid got punished severely. Uh, we gave the kid the iPad and left him alone in the hind, and in hindsight, it was pretty stupid. Yes. Yes, it was. <sighs> Number 34. Let's see, we got one more after this. Um... We had a bunch of pizza in the fridge we'd ordered um, the night before they arrived. Uh, there were three other families already there, so we had ordered a lot. Um, and there were so many leftovers, and everyone who was there at the time had p pitched in to pay. The one family member who hadn't been there for pizza arrived the morning after, and we're talking about going out to eat. The families were all okay with this, thinking it'd be great to have lunch um, in individual with, I'm sorry, great to have lunch in individual families and get back together for dinner. Um, everyone was loading up, including the most recent um, arrival family, but when he drove off, they unloaded and went back inside and ate all the pizza. Okay. What the hell? Uh, we would have told them it was fine if they said, Yo, could we eat that pizza for lunch? For pretend, But pretending they were going someplace and then sneaking back inside to eat, it was so shady. Uh, they aren't poor, just really cheap. This was my uncle and his family. This was my... This was at my grandma's house. Um she had passed and everyone was getting together for the funeral my mom was basically in charge and since I'm the oldest grandchild at 24 I was heavily involved as well we locked the door but every family had a key um, we did not confront them it isn't worth uh, it to get into it with them when we barely see them anyway I think my mom would prefer to build a stronger bond with him and his family since uh, he is her little brother, okay? They're staying at our house right now. LOL. That's on you. That's terrible. <laughs> you let them back after they did that? <laughs> they ate all your pizza. Just listen. The great idea. Just order something that they that you know that they don't like. That way they're forced to go out and get something. <laughs> Number 35, the last one. They stole my forks. <laughs> Who's that, Betty, that they steal your forks? Such an odd thing to take from someone, but they stole them. They weren't even fancy ones, literally cheap forks you buy at Walmart, like the ones that are like four for a couple of bucks. <laughs> they just steal your forks. Like, haha, you can't... You can't eat waffles anymore.
Okay, this next article was... It was... It, listen. <laughs> it was interesting by the title. I need to know now. I'm curious, okay? Oh my god. Okay, seven explosive fart controversies. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. From childhood, most of us are taught that passing gas is not a topic that should be discussed in polite conversation. But history is littered with incidents where a little fart turned out to be a very big deal. <laughs> um, here are just a few of those very gassy occasions. A Dutch uh, darts tournament turns into a Dutch farts tournament. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, in late 2018, the world of professional darts became embroiled in controversy after a player competing in the quarterfinals of a major tournament partly blamed his loss on his comp his opponent's nauseous flatulence. <laughs> the loser, Wellesley Harms, told the Dutch television station RTL7, um, it'll uh, take me two nights to lose this smell from my nose. Oh, wow. Um, Harm's rival, Gary Anderson, denied being the farts founder, saying, um, it was bad. It was a stink. Uh, I thought it was him, and he started playing better. I, I went, he must have needed to get some wind out. <laughs> German police fine man for more than a thousand dollars for letting it rip. Why? What the hell? In 2016, police in Berlin detained a man at a party uh, that asked or, and asked for his ID. Instead of offering his name, the man gave the police a whiff of his unique perfume. Oh, I see. He aggravated an officer. <laughs> uh, sending the two rocketing farts in the direction of the officers that Police uh, summarily uh, fined the offender uh, 900 euros uh, or $1,000 uh, for disrespecting law enforcement. The ensuing crazy toot trial uh, would involve 23 officials and prompt a public outcry over the wasteful public spending. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Fart sparks uh, regime change in ancient Egypt. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what is this? Around uh, 570 BCE, the Egyptian pharaoh king Epheres, uh had a problem. Um, invaders had slaughtered some of the soldiers and people's morale was low. So Paris... Uh, sent his best general, Amasis, to quell the troops' um, discontent. Instead of the troops rallied around Amasis and declared him um, their personal king. Oh, wow. When, the, when King Epirazes, uh sent a messenger to accost Amasis, Amasis let out a fart and effectively said, <laughs> You can send that message back to the king. 
Uh, hearing this, uh, King Apraces unwisely decided to punish his messenger. Um, that decision made King Apraces even more unpopular and gave the Gassy Amasis a chance to stage a revolt and successfully oust his old boss. Wow. Cargo plane makes emergency stop because of reported goat gas. Oh my god. What the hell? Um, in 2015, Singapore Airlines cargo flight uh, was forced to make an emergency stop in Bali after more than 2,000 goats reportedly filled the cargo hold with too many toots. <laughs> I love goats. I love their little noises that they make. They're like, what, 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 what? Just imagine them, like, making those noises while they fart. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, the smoke indication was identified to be the result of exhaust gases and manure produced by the sheep. What the hell? The Aviation Herald reported, despite this initial report, Singapore Airlines refused to... Uh, acknowledge that the cause of this stopover was fart related. Of course not. That was actually that would be very embarrassing for the airline. <laughs> Just to admit like, listen we're fired up. They ate beans last night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number five. Fart fuels mid-flight fight. Oh my god. On a 2018 flight from Dubai to Amsterdam, a, tran a Transylvania Airlines plane had to make an unscheduled stop in Vienna after an elderly man refused to stop cutting the cheese, even after receiving instructions from the pilot to cease firing. <laughs> the man's... The man's... Uh, stinkers... Uh, fueled so much uh, concern, consternation, I don't even know, uh, among the surrounding passengers that a fight broke out, prompting police to remove four people from the flight. Canada's parliament debates the uh, appropriateness of saying fart. You know, people get offended by, by people saying the word fart. It's like, that's not a nice name. Like, okay. What do you want me to say? Toot? Poop. <laughs> In November 2016, Canada's parliament began uh, to spontaneously debate whether it was appropriate for members to use the word fart in the on the chamber floor. Okay, I'm sorry. You guys are supposed to be talking politics. That's exactly what you guys do. You're politicians. And you guys... I, I mean, do you guys have fart com... Like... Do you guys have fart contests during, like, the most serious things in Parliament? Like, while you're in the house, like, you're just like, pfft. Like, okay. No, what? There has to- I want to know the story behind why the hell you guys needed to talk about this. Like, is there just, like, somebody on your panel that- or on your- I don't know, in your cabinet that just has a fart fetish? And he can't stop talking about it. Like, man, I love it when a woman passes gas and it smells like rotten eggs. 
the story? <laughs> like, why? Why? Why was this the problem? Oh my god. Okay. The discussion rose after um, conservative MP Michelle Rempel uh, asked, Why does the government treat Alberta like a fart in the room that nobody wants to talk about or acknowledge? Oh, I see. Uh, eventually, the rules <laughs> uh, regarding unpar unparliamentary language okay, um, had to be read aloud. Uh, and the offense was taken under advisement. You can read the transcript of the exchange here. Oh my god. Number one, Secret Service takes the blame for presidential squeak. <laughs> oh, I need to know who did it. Oh my god. Gerald Ford. Oh my god, okay. Um, the Secret Service will not only take a bullet for the president, they'll also take the blame for the commander-in-chief... Uh, errant cheek squeaks. Gerald Ford, uh, the 38th president of the United States, would often fart and blame it on the Secret Service agents, loudly saying, Jesus, was that you? Show some class. This must have been as... This must have come as a shock to Lyndon B. Johnson, who once said, Jerry Ford is so dumb he can't fart and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> that one's my favorite story. <laughs> oh my god. I just updated Anchor and they have to jumble up all the sections. Like, you really need to fix Anchor, bro. But anyway. Um, I, that was me being nice. <laughs> that was me being nice. <laughs> I was being nice. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to play this uh, video for you guys. Um, everybody's talking Antarctica when everybody should be talking about the North Pole because there's a gaping freaking crater in the middle of it. And every time that I try to click on it, the North Pole disappears off the globe. So... Yeah, on Google Earth. Try it. Just try it. See what happens. But anyway, we're gonna learn a little bit of Antarctica. Let's see what's going on here. The moon rotates around the Earth at about the... Oh, well, excuse me. The moon rotates around the Earth at about the same speed as it does around its axis. That's why we can only see one side of it. That means that 41% of its surface hasn't been explored yet. This fact surprises many people, as we're used to thinking that we know everything about all things in the world, while even our own planet remains a mystery to us. For example, Antarctica, which is no less mysterious to us than the lunar surface. Or how about the inexplicable ice domes? Or a giant face right in the midst of snow valleys? Or a crater the size of the state of Colorado? The land of eternal frost keeps its secrets carefully. But we're gonna raise the secret curtain right now and tell you all about the recent discoveries in Antarctica which will make blood run cold in your veins. What if we tell you that underneath the thick layer of ice and permafrost, mysterious creatures live? Sound improbable? 
But scientists have already found something interesting right here beneath this dome. Yes, Antarctica is almost entirely covered with glaciers, but underneath them there is conventional terrain and even some active volcanoes. Recently, the scientists discovered that the heat from one of the volcanoes has melted the glacier. But it wasn't due to a one-time eruption, rather a continuous heat radiation that has been occurring for so long that it led to formation of warm caves under the ice. These caves under the ice dome are located on the Erebus Mountain on the island of Rosa. And it's not just a single big cave, we're talking about a whole labyrinth of corridors and rooms inside the cave. They were created by the stream that rises up from the volcano. Scientists believe that there could be some form of life deep down in these caves. It can get heat from the volcano, water from the ice, and sunlight coming down through the glacier. After all, Antarctica is exposed to an intense solar radiation. Researchers have found these perfectly round areas just recently, so they haven't had a chance to study them just yet. But they assume that there might as well exist an ecosystem, a closed but a diverse one. Do you remember those sci-fi movies about dinosaurs that survived hidden in ice? There could be something similar in this case. Experts have already discovered DNA traces which they are not able to identify. This means that creatures unknown to biologists live under the Antarctica ice caps. What kind of organisms do you think can dwell in this environment? However, living creatures hidden under the ice are not the strangest mystery of Antarctica. The thing is, this continent, because of its remoteness and cold, seems not just frozen in ice, but in time as well. Can anything interesting happen in a place with almost no life in it? As it turns out, it can. Moreover, sometimes Antarctica shows us something not only new and unexplainable, but frighteningly large as well. For example, the giant face which was spotted on Google Earth on the satellite images of Antarctica. It's no, a mountain-sized silhouette of either really a human cool or an alien, and it resembles a fragment of a statue that appeared from under the snow and ice. A mouth, <laughs> nose, and a pair of eyes are clearly visible on this scary find. Perhaps those are ruins of a civilization that once existed and that had contact with aliens. Or maybe it's just a trick of Mother Nature and what we see is just a play of snow, wind, and frost. Actually, the experts suppose that the gigantic face is really just a massive snow crust, which happens to look so bizarre. But what you can argue is the appearance of huge holes in the ice the size of South Carolina or Colorado states. The mysterious hole was first discovered in 2016. It was discovered again in 2017. Initially, it had an area of 3,700 square miles, or 9,600 square kilometers. But gradually, it grew into a gigantic 30,000 square miles, or 78,000 square kilometers. The mysterious spot appeared in the ice-free part of the ocean, right in the middle of the icy desert. So, why did this happen? For almost half a century, scientists could not explain the nature of these giant holes, called polinias, from a Russian word that means an ice hole. It was only in 2019 that the scientists from the University of Washington gained the support of NASA in their study of the strange formations in ice using satellites. It turned out that due to the Earth's climate change, such giant holes in Antarctica will appear more and more often. The reason for this is that the cold waters of the ocean under the ice get mixed with the warm currents. The warm water then rises up and melts the ice with lightning speed. But simply, a hole the size of an American state appeared in 3, 2, 1, well, really quickly. Why does it happen so fast? The reason is the Mod Rise Plateau with a massive seamount, a real underwater Everest. This seamount is situated close to these holes, and its shape and topography enhance the flow of the warm water toward the surface. It creates not just a current, but something more like a powerful hose stream that washes away the cold ice. However, although glaciers
glaciers stretch far beyond the Antarctic continent, we should remember that under the most part of the ice, there is land. Unlike the North Pole, the South Pole is not just a frozen ocean, but a continent under glaciers. These glaciers weigh hundreds of thousands of tons. All this mass has been pressing the land down for millions of years. No wonder that the lowest land point on the planet was found here. The find was made by a team of researchers directed by scientists from the University of California, Irvine. They found a canyon that was particularly affected by the ice pressure. This place is located under the Denman Glacier in East Antarctica. Its depth is stunning, 2.1 miles or 3.4 kilometers below sea level. In comparison, New York, which is situated on a group of islands off the ocean coast and therefore obviously in the lowland, is located at an altitude of 32 feet or 10 meters above sea level. Denver, which is considered to be one of the largest mountain cities in the United States, is located at an altitude of a mile or 1.6 kilometers above sea level. Given that the minimum thickness of the ocean crust varies between 3.1 to 4.3 miles, or 5 to 7 kilometers, we can say that the glacier has pressed the mainland into the mantle of the planet almost halfway. Can you imagine the time it takes to push a whole valley so deep down? After all, Antarctica is the place where you can really learn a lot about the past of our planet. For example, everyone knows that about 65 million years ago, most dinosaurs became extinct. Thanks to that, mammals and birds got free space for themselves, a chance for growth. But what species lived in that period? Who took the place of the dinosaurs after their disappearance? Who became the most dangerous and cunning predator after the extinction of Tyrannosaurus? Scientists exploring Antarctica have found yeah, out. Man. You wouldn't believe this. It turns out that for hundreds of thousands of years, the dominant predators in the southern hemisphere of the planet, the largest and most formidable carnivores were the penguins. They were distant relatives of the contemporary penguins, and they were faster, more aggressive, and large. This ancient penguin was the height of a human and weighed about 265 pounds, or 120 kilograms. And it wasn't fat because the climate was mild, subtropical, and there was no real need to protect oneself from the cold, but muscles. Their bodies were slightly different from those of contemporary birds. They had stronger legs and body proportions resembling those of an albatross. Actually, petrels and albatrosses are their closest relatives. The skeletons of these birds were found on the islands of the mainland of Antarctica. It turns out that they lived about 60 to 62 million years ago, so we can suppose that these birds lost their ability to fly and became waterfowl precisely because the dinosaurs freed a niche for them to hunt. Uh, by the way, speaking of dinosaurs, it's the remains of the ancient lizard called Lephosaurus that confirmed the theory of supercontinents that existed tens and hundreds of millions of years ago. First of all, the remains of Lephosauruses were also found on other continents besides Antarctica, while it was never able to swim. Secondly, during an archaeological expedition in Antarctica, a skeleton of a cynodont reptile was found. Similar remains have also been found in South America and India. That's why the scientists believe that Antarctica was once connected to other parts of the world, South America, India, Africa, and Australia. And there were ancient supercontinents called Gondwana and Laurasia. In addition, the climate in Antarctica was much warmer. Densely inhabited subtropical and even tropical forests were growing there, and also it was slightly closer to the equator in the southwest of the Pacific Ocean. But Antarctica surprises us not only with discoveries of the past, but also of present times. For example, under the ice in West Antarctica, geologists and scientists from NASA found a previously unknown huge underground lake. It's just that instead of water, it's filled with magma. The thing is that on the land of Marie Bird, there is a number of active mini-volcanoes. They heat the this territory.
territory with about the same intensity as the Yellowstone supervolcanoes would. Remarkably, there are no breaks in the crust or any other reasons for the volcanoes to exist there. Scientists believe that the so-called plume is located there, a giant mushroom-shaped structure that arises from the magma to the surface of the planet. Plumes consist of a lightweight and hot substance. They provoke the appearance of volcanoes under the glaciers. However, these volcanoes are not mountain-shaped. Rather, they are simply erupting holes in the ground under the glaciers. Because of this, the ice caps of Antarctica melt three times faster over the land of Marie Bird than over any other area. However, all these discoveries and puzzles, no matter how interesting they are, usually relate to Antarctica itself, a place that seems to be a separate world to the majority of people. Now get ready for a real shock, because Antarctica has contributed to the exploration of outer space and the discovery of extraterrestrial life. Did you think it was necessary to build spacecrafts to successfully search for aliens? Not at all. In 1984, the Allen Hills meteorite, ALH84001, was found in Antarctica, and all these decades, it's been researched. According to the very first analyses, scientists have discovered that it wasn't just a piece of rock wandering around in space that was once pulled to Earth. This meteorite is a fragment of Mars. What could happen to the red planet that made its peace travel such a long stretch? After all, the average distance between the planets is about 140 million miles, or 225 million kilometers, and can fluctuate significantly when they approach or move away from each other while rotating around the sun. Of course, some of you may doubt that this stone is from Mars, but it's a proven fact. First of all, the composition of the soil is identical to the Martian rock samples that are available. Secondly, there are inclusions of isotopes that fully correspond to those in the atmosphere of this planet. But this is not the most important discovery. Fossil remains of ancient bacteria were found in the depths of the rock. Moreover, it's still unknown whether these bacteria are terrestrial or Martian. The fact that the fossil remains of bacteria in the stone are similar to microorganisms of the Earth speaks in favor of the first theory, because it means that water was necessary for their existence. The liquid that now remains on Mars is similar in composition to the antifreeze liquid. Could even a small amount of bacteria survive on it? On the other hand, how could terrestrial bacteria get in the depths of the meteorite? Microorganisms are not very likely to be stubbornly penetrating a stone that fell billions of years ago. What do you think? Please let us know in the comments below. Hit the like button and be sure- Okay. Alright, thank you my renegades for listening. I will see you in the trenches next time.